0: (laughs) Right, the big gong? Yes. Good morning, good morning, welcome. Good job. So today is in-gathering, water communion, and the start of religious education for this year. Um, We're starting about five minutes late because we're getting kids and youth to their classes, so we apologize. Um, But welcome. And so the topic today is a question. What is Unitarian Universalism, Universalist Religious Education? And... It's presented by the Religious Education Committee, who I'm going to introduce. So first we have our RE Chair, who just signed on, um, Teresa Cole. So wave. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and we have our publications and communications person, um, Bob Dryja, and he's out there. Yes, yes. And we have our Children's RE Liaison, um, who is Elizabeth Watts. And we have a Youth RE Liaison, who is Mike Adams. And we have our Adult RE Liaison, who is James Carroll. And we have me, the DLRE. (laughs) And our minister, Reverend John, who also serves on the RE committee. So these are our RE members, RE committee members. Um, You are more than welcome to join us at our meetings, which are the first Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. So if you're interested in what we do, please come. Um, And this year we um, kind of uh, launched... Um, these positions that you see here now. We had the RE chair um, always, but we kind of made these portfolios of a little bit more focus so that you guys know who to go to for like a children's RE question or a youth RE question or... Publications, communications, or adult RE—you know a person and a face to go to, and that's why we created these um, positions. They also help me on the ground level of doing RE work better too. So I want to thank all of them. So thank, let's thank them again before they come up and speak more. So this is our mission statement. Um, if you haven't ever read it, it's on our website. Um, and our mission statement for the lifespan religious education program here: um, to establish a Unitarian Universalist foundation based on respect, justice, and fairness that promotes lifelong learning, spiritual growth, and social action within the Unitarian Church of Los Alamos and the UUA, the wider Los Alamos community, and the larger world community. So this is just a little bit um, from the UUA uh, website Um, and it talks about how religious education is about transforming ourselves and our world. Um, And so we of course lift up all of our principles and use those as our guidelines when we teach um, and as our basis. Um, And you can read that Um, and we have a lot to go over so I'm going to go a little quicker I just wanted to point out that um, you, the parents, if you're a parent and have a kid in the RE program, you are the primary religious educator in your child's life. Um, And we, the RE committee, are here to help you do that. And that's what we're here for. So yes, we do Sunday morning classes. Yes, we do other programming. But at home, the tough questions get asked, and we want you to know that we are here um, for resources. I have resources in my office. John has resources. The RE committee—you can go to them—and um, we are here to help you when those tough questions get asked. Yeah, I—I le- I really like this quote by uh, William Ellery Channing, who was a Unitarian minister in the 1800s, but it still rings true to today. Um, The great end in religious instruction is not to stamp our minds on the young, but to stir up their own, to inspire a fervent love of truth, to touch inward springs, to awaken the moral discernment so that they may discern and approve for themselves what is everlastingly right and good. And Andrea, who is signing off as our RE chair because she'll be moving in the next couple months, is going to come up and talk about our words.
1: Hello. Good morning. Um, So over the summer, we had an RE committee retreat. And we talked about um, our mission statement. We reviewed it to see if we wanted to change it. Um, we also talked about what has the RE program been doing in the past that we really liked Um, was it really fulfilling what we hoped the RE uh, programming was doing and how could we change it so we did a little exercise taking into mind our mission statements as well as our seven principles as you use and we each wrote down three to four one Just one word or a simple phrase about what you think of when you think of RE programming. Uh, What do you want it to be if it's not already there? And we put all the words out on a picnic table and we just sat there together um, and picked out words that really stood out to us. Uh, And so we came up, we narrowed them down to four words. Um, those being acceptance foundation hope and deepening and so as we narrowed them down we asked what is so important about each one of these words and what do we want to how can we pull them all together and develop our programming from uh, this year so acceptance uh, really stood out to us because we hope that when you come here you feel accepted Um, by everyone, but also we want you to feel accepted of yourself. Um, Find some self-assurance by coming to RE. Foundation, uh, we want everybody to really be able to say those seven principles. Um, Many times this summer when I came in to the building while it was under construction, the construction guys would say, so what is this that we're building? And we're like, it's a UU church. Well, what's a UU church? And I'm like, well, we have seven principles. And they're like, well, what is it? And I'm like, oh, I have an app for that. (laughs) And I pulled out the app and we would look at it together. But for our kids to really be able to kind of say what those seven principles are, even if they can't say them word for word. Um, We also want our kids to have a good foundation of... Uh, religious literacy not just understanding of you you but all religions of the world so that they can have an understanding when they go out into the world and talk about you you um, and be able to hold conversations with other people from other religions hope uh, we saw lots of hate crimes uh, happening before our retreat and we wanted we want to be able to offer something to that So, when you're out in the world or you're watching the news um, and you feel discouraged, that when you come here, you find hope. Um, Also, we wanted to, we liked the word deepening because we want to help people deepen their spiritual lives. develop their own individual spiritual practices and we also wanted them to develop a deepening connection with their church their community and help foster all of these things so these are our four words that we're keeping in mind with every um meeting we have we put these four words back down on the table with every meeting we've passed these on to um, our teachers As they move forward, Tina's keeping them in mind when she's developing Children's Chapel. So if you want to adopt these four words with us and help support us, even if you're not teaching, we're happy to have you help us. Thank you.
2: Okay, so um, Ari... Is supposed to be a program that helps our youth, but we also want to provide some form of religious education to the adults who come here so that you can deepen your foundations of uh, what it means to be human um, and how you find meaning and purpose in your life so that you can pursue that quest for truth and meaning. And we want to facilitate that for everybody, including the adults. And I just dropped this out of. Okay, that's going backwards, okay. So, um, the primary technique we have for uh, teaching adult religious education, for deepening your religious education, is the forum, which is what you're at right now. It'll be at this time, 9.30, uh, before the services, and in the past, I just want to give you a a general idea and feel for what the forum is like. In the past, we've had uh, the discoverer of the Arty fossil, which is one of the core fossils in human evolution. He came and spoke to us, so we've had uh, science-based discussions. We had a wonderful presentation. These are some of the ones that, sp- that really spoke to me in the last few years, where uh, Pearl Harbor was described from a first-hand account, someone who was there and remembered what it was like. That was wonderful. Um, we had uh, the police chief from Los Alamos County come and talk about you know, relations between the police and the community, which was wonderful. And then uh, I've taught classes uh, here, and I've taught forums, and I'm going to teach uh, next week. I'll be giving the forum, and I'm going to speak on um, religious uh, topologies, the sort of thing that Joseph Campbell gave, where he gave a list of things that all religions have in common. Now I'm going to talk about that approach, as an approach to comparative religion and I'm going to talk about its problems Uh, when all you have is a hammer everything starts to look like a nail and it's got all sorts of pitfalls but I'll also talk about the advantages because I know that's an approach a lot of people have used to comparative religion so that's the sort of thing we'll get informed on what you'll see next week so that's our primary religious education service Evan Rose is in charge of this if you want to see more of a certain topic if you want to speak yourself at the forum contact Evan Rose or myself and we'll help hook that up Uh, We have all sorts of other things we do, though. If I can make the clicker actually work. Uh, We have a Buddhist and spirituality group. They meet at 8 a.m. in the church, and they also meet at uh, Thursday at 7, I think, p.m., just down the hall here. And they will usually sit for 30 minutes of of meditation, and then they'll talk about uh, Buddhist philosophy and uh, techniques for meditation and uh, kind of help to get something out of your meditation to help you in your life. And this is an excellent group, I love the people in it, and Joseph, uh, you can talk, contact Henry Finley, uh, Finney, uh, and he will help you uh, if you want to participate in that and help contact. Uh, we also have a monthly comparative religion class, that's taught by me, uh, and it's on the third Fridays at 6.30 p.m. I would love feedback from you on topics you'd like to see covered, and also time. If, if Friday isn't the best day for you and you could come at a different time and can't come at that time, come contact me and we'll set that up. So this is one way you can discover your own spiritual path by finding out what other people have done around the world, and I teach that class. So it's every third Friday of the month. Uh, we also, uh, Kokyan uh, McNaughton teaches a class on uh, Tai Chi and Qigong, and they meet on um, Thursdays at 10 to 11 in the sanctuary and they also uh, do that Thursday. I'm sorry, that's Tuesday at ten here, and Thursday and Saturday at Ashley Pond at the Pavilion at ten a.m. And then when it gets cold, they'll move inside here. So come to that. If and I, I think of that has really helped me for a while. I came to a while and then I had to stop because I have time. But it was a, a moving meditation, and it helped me find a certain amount of peace and settlement in my life. So I appreciated that. I'm, I'm encourage everyone to come to that if they want. Um. Uh, Tyler Taylor has started a great articles exchange program. so if you want to contact him, the idea is he presents a, an article on a certain topic uh, and he has people from the congregation vote on what topic they want to discuss. and then they get around and talk about that article and topics related to it for while, for I think an hour or something once a month. Um, and he's still setting that up. Contact him if you are interested. Um, sounds like an interesting approach. So we've had other things, social justice committees, race panels, book discussions groups, women's retreats, uh, covenant groups, multi-generational monthly programs. We had a parent group. Uh, on, on, and we've had all sorts of these things in the past. Some of them are still going, some of them aren't. Uh, and this, is, this introduces my final subject, which is uh, what we do, especially for adults, is we have a forum and then we have programs. And the programs are up to you. They're started by individuals in the community who want something. So if you want something, come to me, Tina, or uh, or John. Um, but since they're busy, especially come to me. And we'll start to set this up. And we'll start a group that caters to what you want. So for example, we have atheists here. We have agnostics here. We have theists here. We have Buddhists. And we have Christians. And... You know, a lot of people have a bumper sticker that says coexist. We're the only group I know that tries to coexist, not just between groups, but within a single group, where we invite all these people with these different beliefs to come here and all hang out together. And to make that work, we have different programs that speak to different people. So, for example, if you're a universalist Christian and you come here and there's just not enough Christian stuff for you, then come to me. And if there's enough interest and and you want to do it, we can start anything from a weekly Bible study group to a communion once a month to whatever you want. We will help facilitate it and make it happen if you want it. And if you're an atheist and you don't want to come to a group like that, you don't have to. And I think that's the beauty and the wonder of our community. And so this is what we currently have. If you want something else, I'll help you set it up and we'll produce whatever program you want to help you in your spiritual journey. And let me let me help you. Thanks. Huh?
3: <laughs> <coughs> My name is Mike Adams. Do these work? Do they do push the arrows the bottom,
2: bottom button to turn it on? Now it works.
3: Hello. All right. I'm going to just stand here so I can look at the screen um so for youth re youth RE has been in a lot of transition over the last few years and i know the whole church has been as well but we tried something last year we tried to you can't hear me okay if you can't hear me raise your hand no <laughs> we, we've had a lot of transition over the last few years um and last year we tried a uh, sort of a youth-led model once a month where we put a youth in charge of uh, once a Sunday, and, and there were some problems with that, but we're trying something new this year that I'll talk about in the 9th and 12th grade. I'm going to start with the 7th and 8th grade, though. We? we have advisors Elroy Miller, Rebecca Howard, Krista Black, and Nick Lubbers. At January, we're going to switch from Re- Rebecca Howard to Krista Black because Krista wasn't available up until that point, and Rebecca's sort of filling in. And we did have a uh, youth uh, youth training, I don't know, youth advisor training. Tina and I, put. well mostly Tina put that together and I showed up and helped uh, last month. And the program is Building Bridges. Now I don't know how many people have been here a long time, but when I was a youth in this church, we had a program called The Church Next Door. And what it kind of amounted to was um, religious tourism, you read a, a paragraph or two about a church, and then go visit them, and and then you walk away like with a you know like a bumper sticker almost. Like I mean, maybe you didn't get a bumper sticker. It was like collecting stickers almost. And my understanding of this is that it goes a lot more in depth. It starts with a a timeline of religion, an overview of religion, and then the the real in depth exploration starts with exploring Unitarian Universalism, and then we look at other major groups within that. So that as our youth go through the program, they develop a real Understanding of world's religions and are able to, to, as Andrea talked about, discuss those intelligently and have some context for that. The other thing that we've talked about focusing on a little bit this year, and I think Elizabeth is going to touch on that, is that a lot of us have had the experience of having our kids go through Unitarian Universalist religious education and come out not really having cultural literacy about Christianity in our culture. And Christianity has a major impact in our culture and there's a lot of Um, A lot of our youth are coming out and not really knowing some pretty basic references that most people seem to know. So if you notice your youth coming home and having um, knowledge of biblical things or stuff like that, don't be alarmed, we're not converting them, Um, but we do want our youth to come out having some real literacy on some pretty basic cultural references that are widespread and, and and I think that's, that's the, the sum of that. In the ninth through 12th grade, we have Kathy Hayes, Christine Koblenz, and Patrick Sullivan. And um, Patrick is stepping in to take Luke's place, who is moving, with Andrea. And um, <laughs> It's an unfortunate loss, but I wish you guys well. Um, we're, gonna have, we're having youth-led topics. We have a trio of three youth leaders. And this is sort of starting as an experiment. They're, they're putting together the Sunday morning... Events, I suppose you could call it, and they're leading the, um, the Sunday morning with the support of the adult leaders. But we're really trying to, you know, encourage our youth to take an active role in their personal search for truth and meaning in, in life. And, um, and then youth cons. How many people are aware of youth cons? How many people have been to a youth con? So, youth con is a pretty amazing event, and there's been a cultural shift in youth cons between what you may have heard about in the 80s and how it occurs now, because there was this idea of youth empowerment, and I think there was a misunderstanding about youth empowerment. And youth empowerment used to mean um, youth without supervision, <laughs> and today it means that we're empowering our youth. To take a driver's seat in their search for truth and meaning and in their um, spiritual quest and, and, and things like that. So youth cons are really an, ex- an excellent example of how that works. The youth really put the con together, they run it, they make decisions, they have a committee, they deal with um, behavior problems within that committee, unless it's too extreme, but mostly they deal with that and, and it's, it's really impressive to, to participate in a youth con and see our youth who we think of as kids, step up to the plate and make adult decisions and have adult conversations and come up with solutions to things that I wouldn't have imagined that are real solutions. And uh, we're encouraging our youth to participate in youth cons, to participate in taking the seed of responsibility in their lives and in their spiritual quest, whether they're atheist or or whatnot. Um, Maybe I should have said whatnot. The first
0: youth con, they have a fall youth con, and then an MLK weekend youth con, um, and this is for high school age, um, and then a bridging con in the spring, but the first one is October 7th through 9th, and it's on forgiveness, and it's up in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and registration is open now, so if you have a high schooler, uh, and they're interested, you can register, and I may be going, yes. How you have a band that takes you and we do have a van, yes, so we have drivers and stuff as well. Um, yeah mm-hmm. right okay yes yeah, so it's a long weekend I think right yeah right and thank you um, and then also for the middle school I've been working with our cluster and our cluster is um, Albuquerque Las Cruces um, Santa Fe Durango and us and that's our cluster group in our district and I've been working with them and we're pl- gonna plan an overnight youth con for middle school in February
3: so that's just FYI here's a list of uh, current events and some of them are repeat events of things that have happened in the past we've had lock-ins we've gone to Gravity Park Uh, anyone who doesn't know what Gravity Park is it's a trampoline park in Albuquerque they're fun things these are these are to build community because a lot of what we're focusing on this year is that religious education happens within the context of a community it's not a classroom where we part people. And and a lot of that grew out of conversation within the congregation. Why do people come to church? People don't come to church um, because there's an interesting talk or because of this. people come to church because of the community. That's what keeps us coming back week in and week out, month in and month out, and in many cases decade in and decade out. And so we want to develop the same sort of community with our youth and quit thinking of it as a place where we're going to go take these empty buckets because they're not empty buckets and fill them up with the information we want them to have because that's not really what's going to serve them in the long run. We want to help them build community, relate to themselves as part of the larger community, and um, so on and so forth. So creating opportunities as best we can for them to build a community among themselves doing fun things together. Some of the things that have been wildly I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I am going to talk a little bit about the Mexico mission trip, which I participated in, and which Tina has participated in, and John has participated in, and other members of the congregation have participated in. We, I think of it as us putting our best foot forward as a congregation. We have, uh, for several years in a row, raised the money to cover the expenses to send our youth down to Mexico, and we send our youth down to Mexico with the United Church and they spend a week working together and they house people who otherwise have substandard housing. And by substandard housing, I mean their walls are made out of cardboard. Sometimes they don't have a roof and, and there's, they have an outdoor bathroom and different things like that. And we build them a house where they can lock their doors, where they can lock the window so that if both parents want to go to work or if someone needs to go even get groceries they can do so without leaving all their possessions wide open to be stolen. And it's a pretty amazing experience. I thought the first year I was going to do that that I was just going to build a house. And what I didn't realize was that I was going to participate in this incredible community building activity. And what I saw unfold before me was sort of a miracle of community. I saw atheists and Christians come together and form this incredible bonds of love and partnership. And on Thursday in the Mexico mission, uh, we built the house. We started playing stucco to the walls. And at this point, people have been walking by every day looking at the house being built on Thursday the community the neighborhood starts to funnel into the the job site and they pick up pallets of um, board with stucco on top of it and they all start applying it to the house. The whole community comes together to provide a house for a family in need and it doesn't there's no language boundaries there's nothing that stands between us we're all just human beings trying to come together to provide something for someone who needs it and it's incredible and that's that's, I believe, what, what, what our youth get so much out of is, is participating in that. That's a link. And um, I'm not even going to read it to you because I can't see it. And, and then the last thing I just wanted to touch base on, unless you were going to? Yeah, you can do it. Okay. Um, we've had a focus in the last few years with, with uh, youth RE on social justice and I don't see that changing and one of the things that's, that's really been it hasn't been at the forefront of media recently but it has been at the forefront of social media is the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline the uh, Dakota Sioux Nation has been trying to stop an uh, oil pipeline from being drilled underneath their water supply and the reason they want to do that is because these pipelines have a tendency to break and they pollute the water which happened in Yellowstone a few years back and they as a standing they, they basically said we have treaty rights that the U.S. government signed with us and they don't have a right to do this they haven't consulted us, they haven't asked our permission they don't have a right to do this and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers approved it and they've been proceeding And they've had this gathering of indigenous um, people both indigenous and non-indigenous people at this and this camp has swelled to I think 2,000 people to between 2,000 and 3,000 people right now And they have um, had dogs sicked on them. They've been pepper sprayed. They've really been putting their lives on the line to protect our our drinking water. And it's just started to catch on. I've seen uh, memes on Facebook with people from um, Flint, Michigan, saying Flint stands with the no-access pipeline and different things like that. There are tribes. There are somewhere around 200 Native American tribes involved in this. There are people of all races from across the country. Black Lives Matter has sent a delegation it's really turned into a flashpoint and so there are some papers out on the table in the the, whatever that hall is called where we sit around and talk afterwards and drink coffee fellowship hall and uh, (laughs) and there are some links on there where you can find out about this action and there's ideas about what we can do to help like what they specifically need they do need supplies and different things like that and then the other thing to bear in mind about that is that there are water rights issues right here in New Mexico and many of them are facing Native American tribes. For example, San Ildefonso is worried about a chromium plume. Basically, chromium is polluting groundwater and it's slowly moving towards a major aquifer. And I understand that there's a plan, some kind of plan to deal with it, but I don't understand what the plan is. Uh, A friend of mine at work and I have been looking into this and trying to figure out what the plan is and what the holdup is. But basically what happens is if this gets in there, the concentration is going to be exponentially larger than what Aaron Brockovich won her suit on. And it's going to poison a major aquifer, which is a major supply of water for an, an, an Indian population. And, um, and there's some holdup. So it's, it's worth like noting that while this is happening and, and that we've seen some positive movement for the uh, Dakota Nation, the Sioux Nation, that there are issues like this taking place across the country, some of them right in our own backyard that aren't receiving the kind of attention that they ought to be receiving or maybe that we want them to receive. Because water isn't just a Native issue, it's an everyone issue. And um, just bear that in mind. And I'm going to shut up.
4: All right. Um, hello. I'm Elizabeth Watts. I'm the children's RE liaison. And um, I don't like to talk in public, so this is going to be short. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so for children's RE, uh, that's like pre-K through sixth grade. And for pre-KK, we have Susan, Susan Dryja, Erin Green, and Judy Ramirez. Um, they're doing a picture book curriculum. Uh, they're doing a picture book curriculum. Um, uh, part of it is called World Religion. Part of it is called Bible Tales, which some people freaked out about. Don't panic. Okay, again, <laughs> this is um, developed by um, a longtime UU educator, and it's again, as um, Mike said earlier, we're just trying to give the kids like a basic um, cultural understanding of things, so that when someone says something to them that they can discuss it you know they can they know how to talk to other people who maybe are not UU since we're not the majority okay in this country all right Um, first through third grade uh, Kimberly Peterson Susan Schauer and Carrie Minore Um, they it's um, another picture book curriculum uh, but it's on on, uh, UU topics so it helps through books so that you keep the little guys interested um, Learn about the different things. So, as um, Andrea said, um, when they ask you, "What is it? Oh, you're Unitarian. What? What does that mean?" They don't go, "I don't know," you know, <laughs> or uh, "I don't know. I go to church. I don't." Know. So, um, and then uh, fourth through sixth grade, Mark Peterson and Melissa Goldman are teaching um, Toolbox of Faith. This uses um, actual tools each week. There's a theme. So, like um, flexibility is symbolized by duct tape. So they're gonna do something with duct tape, um, but then uses it to um, explore uh, Unitarian um, values and things like that. Um, And then, what is that? Yeah, Yeah. okay. All right.
0: Um, So Children's Chapel happens um, after the time for all ages. On most Sundays, sometimes we have multi-generational Sundays, the kids will stay in the service. For example, today. Um, Next week, uh, if you have children uh, who are elementary age, it's geared towards that, but any age really can come um, who are interested. Um, We're going to be starting Spirit Play. And Spirit Play is a curriculum that is um, based on a Christian curriculum called Godly Play. And they use um, uh, Montessori techniques with the kids so you go in and you have a circle time you have a story time and it's interactive with um, different pieces to the story in a basket and then the kids get to go off and they get to explore that story um, by themselves in different um, stations so there's different activities that will be set up in the room for the kids Um, and it's by Anita Penbold and that's Children's Chapel. So if you have any more questions about that, please ask me. We have Children's Choir. That is every Thursday that Mark Peterson is leading. Um, Andrea is going off as she's leaving. Um, and I think, are you coming on? Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if Elizabeth was coming on or not. Uh, <laughs>
1: that
0: position is available. If you want to help with Children's Choir, um, I will fill in in the meantime when needed. Um, and then we have summer camps which we didn't have a week long summer camp this summer because we were moving into our new building but in the past um, we've done uh, summer camps World Traveler, Dr. Seuss was the year before um, Joyce Saug did an awesome Harry Potter camp and with Larry and some other people I know so that's, want, they want that to come back so I might have to talk to Joyce about that and others Um, So now we uh, quick touch on our multi-gen programs, which are for everybody, Um, and we've been doing a lot of these um, monthly multi-gens, as we call them. Um, So we have our multi-gen worships, um, and these are just various things that we've done um, in multi-generational programming to get people, families... And older and younger, and everybody together for a good time. And these are some very important programs that we do with our youth and kids um, OWL, our whole lives, it's our sexual sexuality curriculum. Coming of Age, um, which is seventh through ninth grade, and it is. Kind of, I guess in the Christian, if you're if you're familiar, it's like a confirmation, but not. Um, we're not telling you what to believe. We're helping youth explore their own personal beliefs, um, and that is an awesome program as well. Our Owl, we have curriculum from kindergarten all the way to high school right now, and there are young adult curriculum for Owl, and there's adult, and they're working on an older adult curriculum currently. Um, so we might be implementing some of the younger ages K through one and this year we're going to be doing seventh through ninth so if you have a youth in seventh through ninth grade they're eligible to start um, our owl and I sent letters to parents um, that had those youth um, and so we have a parent orientation meeting on September 28th which is a Wednesday evening and I'm gonna be sending out more info for that um, and then so yeah if you have any questions about OWL and this year's OWL please come talk to me um, yes oh yeah
2: I was just gonna say if we don't do um, the k one the classes currently we might in the future but we aren't currently but you, we, she said we have the curriculum, and, and part of that means you can come get it from us and do it yourself, which I've done. We did that with our son, and we were really impressed with the curriculum. So if you want to borrow that and use it yourself for your son, and it has all sorts of wonderful things about not getting, you know, avoiding abuse and that sort of thing that, that I think was really helpful way of talking about uh, those sorts of issues with someone really young, it's great. So come get it if you want it. I have two copies, so please, yes. Um, thank you, James.
0: Um, And then uh, another um, integral part to our program is service and social justice learning, um, which Mike touched on. Um, And this is very integral, and we're trying to get this going more. um, And the social justice committee has just kind of gotten back started. So we're going to be working with them, the RE committee, we're going to be in touch with them about... Um, collaborating on social justice and service project initiatives. Um, but right now we do Project Lunchbox and we're doing that after church today, I think. Okay. And I think that might be all. Is that time? It's about time, too. Okay. Um, and we would like for you to come talk to us and we will have a table out in the fellowship hall. Um, so please come talk to us if you have more questions, um, ideas, anything um, you're thinking. And I would like to thank this fabulous group of people um, that I work with because they have been busting their butts this summer. So let's give them a round of applause. And one more thing I forgot to mention is we also like to have a lot of fun in RE. (laughs) It may not look like it, no, but we do. So come have fun with us and ask any questions that need to be asked and bring us all your ideas and um, I think that's it. So thank you. Come talk to us.